This is Culture in the Craft podcast. We're making a place for people of colour in the creative industries. We'll do this by showcasing, supporting, sharing, solving and setting up spaces so that underrepresented cultures continue to see and be themselves in the modern craft fields. Want to join us? Then subscribe and share our podcast with others. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Anchor FM. Till then, enjoy your episode. P.S. There will be spoilers. Do we think that if it wasn't for Black Panther that Spider-Verse probably would have had a different outlook or maybe response? Well, because they've had it have so many Spider-Man characters in there, maybe it's just a love letter. Welcome everyone to Culture and the Craft and we are going to be talking about Spider-Verse today. We have Amy, Elle, Esther, Yemi, Kenny, Larabe, Lorna and me, Dwayne. We're all going to be hey. Hey, hello, everyone. Hey. Hey. Hello. We all watched um, Spider-Verse over the Christmas holiday. What did we all think? What was your take on the film? I loved it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I loved it. I've watched it twice now. <laughs> I want to watch it again. <laughs> I really want to watch it a second time, actually. I haven't had the chance to yet. <laughs> Do it. Some of us watched it as a group, didn't we? Yeah, that was so good to just get together and add to our collective thinking of what to expect and then talk afterwards. So it was so good. Yeah. Spider-Verse is definitely one of my favourite animated films I've ever seen it's up there because of how creative it went with its art style mm, yeah, yeah. I, really, I really think it kind of pushed the boundaries now of what maybe what future animation might have to be um in terms of how do you put a style on uh, on something that's conventionally quite clean cut but yeah it's it was really fun really cool I mean I can't wait till it's out on dvd or blu-ray so I can buy it again mm. yeah I'm not sure if I agree that it's going to be how all future animation should be done, but uh, it's definitely amazing in what we saw because it was so fresh and it's something that we hadn't seen before. Um, But in terms of any kind of comic book adaptation into a a cartoon style, I think definitely it worked really well. The way it was um, animated, um, it, it really accentuated some of the dynamic poses that you do get in comic book panels um, especially when it was not animated all on ones. There was every other frame that was animated. So you always got to see a really clear silhouette. And that gave it such a strong visual um, impression. And talking about mm-hmm. visual impressions, the way in which it was constructed, just looking at it on face value was beautiful and dark and very fast paced, yet soft. There were so many layers to it. I just loved that ability for it to exist in multiple ways at once. Did anyone else feel that? Yeah, a lot of emotions kind of went through. Um, I felt like it being kind of on twos and then kind of flowing into one sometimes. That was a little bit jarring to see when I first saw the trailers, but um, I was totally cool with it because I thought the art style matched why the process they were going for um then during the film 
it was kind of like it kind of snapped everything kind of cl- clicked together um and it really you don't know is it after some time you really don't notice it i think it was after two minutes into the film i really didn't notice anything about it so um yeah it was just just a lot of different aspects kind of all blended into one that made a really 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 engaging film yeah i actually quite like the the different spider people in it they were all animated in a different way showing off different art styles from the past and current uh, generation of animation art styles and um i thought that was quite cool to see in the same film do you think that at any point it became a bit overwhelming though? Like, a, you know, the dynamism was awesome, but I, I remember at a point, probably in the beginning, there was just so much going on and so much fast movement. You almost started to kind of get slightly confused as to, you know, what's going on, new characters coming in. You can't, you know, there, there was a moment of just being slightly lost, trying to understand that, okay, there is a universe of all these other spider characters that are coming in. And um, I guess with the animation and how um, very detailed and and just, um, yeah, just dynamic and different each of, of the elements were, I did find it overwhelming at some points. Did anyone else kind of have that at any point? Yeah, I think that's why I did watch it twice, because like the first time I just like watched it for the story at line. And then the second time I could actually kind of not so much be like so um, involved with the story, but more looking at the artwork and yeah. looking, and trying to find out the um, the stop, like the still frames in the in the animation. Like when I think when Miles jumps into the cab, there's a that really quick flash shot and it's like all 2D. And you kind of sometimes like the first time I saw it, I was like, well, that's like so quick, but now I can actually watch it for a few seconds and just like mm. appreciate that artwork. So that's my reason for going twice. <laughs> but yeah, I know I know what you mean. It was like kind of like there's so much to see. Like I want to see everything, but I don't have there's like not enough time. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree as well. I think at the beginning it was like too much when uh, you you start to see so many Spider-Mans being introduced and then you were like a bit confused what's going on. But I think once uh, it as it passed by that you set you set into the story, you start understanding what's happening. And I think everything technically how they've made the film, they've used so many different techniques from the old animation and the new technology. And I think you start to see it all working very well together. And I think the story kind of was so strong that it kept the audience engaged. And I feel that by the midway or by towards the end, I really enjoyed the film. Film And overall, it um, worked very well for me. I think I re- I, for me personally, I really enjoyed it and I loved it. But... Mm. It, it, um, it seems that the beginning is the stickler for some people because actually uh, the beginning did have some of the uh, first things that you have to swallow in that in the movie I'd say like the ideas that it was presenting and things that you'd have to get into to watch the film you had it set a couple presidents especially with the introduction of the old Spider-Man and all the Spider-Man from the other dimension for me, I felt like it was that overwhelming sensation. I don't know uh-huh. if it was on purpose, but to me, it was as if you were experiencing what the spider people were experiencing because they're all being pulled out of where they exist and being pulled into a space that is unfamiliar yet familiar. 
there is so much going on that they can't understand with them transitioning into spider folk and it's that sensation of you don't just land in a space and go okay not only am I realizing that I'm a spider person I have to save the world blah 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 I'm also existing in multiple dimensions with others like me and that is like a bombardment to your mind and I don't know if that's what this did on purpose or whether it was just uh, lucky that's how I interpreted that whole introduction and slamming into this lots of stuff going on at once it's like disorientating and unfamiliar yet familiar and also just it sets you on a back foot so all of a sudden you're like I'm in a position as this character and these characters they are in a space where they don't really know what's going on and everything's very confusing because there's so much happening and so much for them to take in in one foul swoop and that felt like I was embedded into the story because it was like what's going on this is so yeah, yeah. I, I think that was the whole point of it like, mm, like you agreed, said, because yeah. um Miles we we're supposed to see it from his point of view and he was thrown into this situation that he wasn't prepared for and he was really overwhelmed by what he was seeing and I think he was also overwhelmed by the fact that there was a multiverse and there were all these other spider people coming in um, and even right at the beginning of the film where he finds himself watching um, the his world Peter Parker fighting against um, Green Goblin and Kingpin right, right at the start um, from that point I still felt a little bit overwhelmed but I, I always thought that was intentional just because again he's he's thrown into this such an unfamiliar situation and at that point he isn't Spider-Man he isn't a superhero or anything he's just a regular kid yeah Miles yeah. Morales so yeah. he is yeah. he's the first time I this was the first time I got introduced to him as a character I know he's existed for a while now, I don't know yeah, much about eight. the backstory, but yeah, he's, Miles Morales, yeah. who is he, and what? He's, how does he fit in? He's been in the comics now for about eight years, mm. but he's been around for a while. It's just if you didn't actually read comics, I think he kind of came out of the blue. It's like, oh wow, there's a black Spider-Man now. Um, I actually uh, thought the beginning of the film was the strongest. I loved the part where he was confused and he was. Um, he wasn't a hero. He didn't know how to use his powers. It was before they mm. introduced all the other spider people. Um, I really like being a part of his world as just Miles Morales. Because then you get that great uh, section with his father where he's dropping him off. Yes. It's a great way to start a film. Um, yeah, I think yeah. we've all had that moment as well. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We've all had that. That A good film like um, is, is really good at... Um, making you really relate to situations like that, especially with somebody that is going on such a crazy journey. Um, and one of the things that we I was saying about the, the beginning of the film is that at any beginning of any film, it's probably one of the most important sections. And I feel like for a film that was probably going to be this ambitious with whatever its art style and how it was going to present its multiple heroes, the confusing beginning, I would say the beginning is not the strongest for me. The strongest for me actually is the um is the middle portion for me. And actually, no, definitely the conclusion. Actually, the conclusion, the conclusion is definitely much the strongest for me. Yeah. Because um I like seeing how the character arcs that were 
being built with everyone and how they culminated to how everything was, especially the relationship between the new sp- the bum Spider-Man. What should we call that Spider-Man? Actually, there is not. Is there actually a correct term? I don't. I actually um, don't know a correct term I for think, that. Spider-Man. I think maybe, maybe we can just call him Spider-Man Two for the sake of <laughs> for the sake of all. Because <laughs> he was basically yeah. the same, but just on the on the slobby side. It wasn't. You the mean best. Park, he was Parker B, right? Yeah. So was he Parker, Parker B? B? Yeah. yeah. Parker B. So, so Parker you're B. right. You're still... um, what is the um, director's name? Well, that's a that is a huge thing to forget right now. The um, Sam Sam it? Raimi. Sam Raimi. He, that's a Sam Raimi Spider-Man. You're right because he had that scene where, of course, where he does the dance. Where he does the dance. I think yeah. he also has a scene where he um stops the train. The train. Did he? Yeah, when he stops the train. Yeah, he actually has that scene in the movie. Yeah, there were definitely a lot of throwbacks to the previous Spider-Man films, mm. and I, I quite like that because they were all done very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, they definitely were. The um, one of the things I noticed as well during the climax, I don't know if, if they did it intentionally, but one of the biggest opinions in the Spider-Man fandom, if there is, is at least in the movies, the best Spider-Man scene or fight scene ever to happen in film, usually, is Spider-Man Two, the train scene, and the finale. Even though there was no tr- reason for any train to be on there, a train was used to be the thing that they were standing on during the last fight between um, Kingpin and Miles. Mm. That's interesting. I didn't even notice that myself. But yeah. Neither did I. I was, it's, in, I was it's in the actual train, yeah. That's yeah. kind of where it kind of ends. Um, I'm not really sure how intentional that is, but it is definitely one of those strong points that all the Spider-Man community definitely always talks about, that, oh, they always need to make more fight scenes like that, like the um, Doc Ock versus Spider-Man in, on the train, because that scene had all the um, the good parts that actually this film um, has used pretty well. There's a lot of times in the uh, action, you see Spider-Man really use his environment to his advantage, and he's not a slugger like all the other heroes where he stands and punches around. He's very much he's an acrobat an acrobat yeah yeah i actually um watching this film i know there was a lot of action in it and there was there was amazing fight sequences but that didn't stand out as the, the point of the film for me it was very much a coming of age story and it really revolved around his relationship with his father like all the important scenes to me involved in his father from that beginning scene where he drops him off that scene where he's he's all tied up and other spider people have almost given up hope on him and his father standing outside the door and talking to him mm-hmm. and it was so emotional right to the the almost the last scene of the film where he's already saved the day and he's still dressed as spider-man but his father's there as a policeman and he just goes and hugs him without taking his mask off or anything then he runs off and it was just it was always about those two yeah <laughs> Um, it's even down to the one who calls Miles is his dad. It's not his mum. It's always his dad who always tried to call him. And when Miles yeah. would try and reach out to his parents, he would he would scroll through and see his dad, but he wouldn't call him. Maybe I think yeah, yeah. he would call him. But yeah, it was like you said, it was that relationship with his dad that was kind of like the driving force across the whole film. 
Mm-hmm. And it's so important. I think it was just such an important thing to have that kind of a relationship just, um, you know, um, just on the big screen like that. Um, you know, this black father, this mixed race um, son and just the kind of father son love and what that is and what what it can be. It was just, I think it was just such an important portrayal for young kids that are able to kind of see this and, and feel a sense of pride and kind of, um, I don't know, a vision for what things can be and should be. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really well done. I got quite teary when I was listening to the father talk to him. Totally. Through the door, actually. Totally. Did, did anyone kind of think, OK, so, you know, we've said it was a really big moment for, um, you know, this mixed race character um, being portrayed in this film. Does it matter that he had to share the stage? This Spider-Man had to share the stage with so many other iconic, massive Spider-Man characters. Like, could it just been could it would it have been, um, you know, would it have been more important or better to kind of really just focus in on this this single character. I mean, I know that the whole concept of Spider-Universe is awesome, of course, but, you know, could they have um, really showcased, you know, this kind of mixed-race uh, character and, and given him more prominence? Um, yes and no. Um, I think yes, um, because I think it would be such a especially coming off the back of something like black panther it would have been such a good kind of continuation like hey this is this new me this other medium and we can tell as compelling stories as black panther was um and we can kind of progress and kind of push the story forward and, and try and do something different that most of hollywood isn't doing um on the other side of it is Spider-Man has a lot of history with the film, with within the film universe and the comic book lore. I feel like a lot of the elements that have been placed in uh, the current Spider-Man almost like lend itself to, hey, do you remember this moment in the other mm, Spider-Man yeah. film? Um, it's almost like they're always referencing back to other Spider-Man films. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they kind of needed to have those elements in there. Um, I mean, even down to like Spider Woman, who's Gwen. Uh, obviously, if you've Spider-Gwen. watched any of the, yeah, Spider Gwen. If you've seen any of the, um, the I think it was the Amazing Spider Man films, Gwen was in there. Yeah. So it's like they're always referencing back to something else. Um, so were they trying even, to do too much then? So you know they're yeah. introducing this, um, you know, black and mixed race character. It's the first time that um, people can see themselves. Um, black and mixed race people can see themselves in a comic book um that's come to life um and that's a really special moment because you know generations older who never had the opportunity so were they trying to tick too many boxes by having that but then maybe making less of it because actually the bigger thing and the more interesting thing for comic book lovers is the fact that you're harking back to you know like you're saying all these um amazing characters from yesteryear that are you know, are, are to be celebrated. Is that kind of making less of it? I don't mm. think so. I think he still had a lot of individuality. He very much came across as his own character and he was really, his, I thought his personality was pretty strong. Even in the way that he designs his suit at the end, you can see where he grew up, like influencing how he dressed, even as Spider-Man with like the the, the Nike Air Force Ones and the, the hoodie and everything. Um, 
I, I, I quite like the fact that there were all these other references to things that happened in the comics, because for me as a comic book reader, um, it sh like a lot of it showed me that the people making the film understood the original content and where it was coming from. Mm -hmm. I, I felt a lot of the times with the previous Spider-Man films, they were made by a studio that just wanted to make money that didn't really understand the content mm -hmm. it was picking out. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't get you know, that with this, this one. It very much felt like we know this character through and through. We know everything about him. We don't have to... Uh, do another origin like, story. Not even yeah. that. We don't have to... Yeah, fair enough. He's he's mixed race and stuff. But we don't have to make it such a big deal that then it becomes maybe a little bit contrived. You know, so, so I kind of do hear what you're saying. And I'm very happy that you brought that up. Because, you know, personally, I kind of like the way it's been done. I like that it's not kind of like in your face. But the things that yeah. kind of brings up another question, which is, you know, so are we then bringing in people of colour into a modern day um, TV and film because we want to represent that demographic? Or are we just doing it just to fill a quota? Um, mm, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a strong question. Yeah, it's a really big question. Yeah. In this film, I don't oh. think it was to fill a quota. Mm. I think um, the, the way they did it, they thought it, it was clear to me that they thought a lot about that, um, and they didn't yeah. want to do it just to have it there. Like uh, it was like one of the telling factors to me was when Miles is talking to his mum, and you know they're speaking in Spanish, and none of it was subtitled. They're just making it normal. They're not yes. making a big yeah, deal no, out I'm of it. They just agree. like. I'm actually I actually am agreeing at that point, actually. Yeah, it's um. what's interesting is if you look at the history, it also kind of explains why maybe they went down this route instead of another route. I say, in my opinion, the point, because if they were to have made this film a Miles Morales Spider-Man animated film and it was just about him, the impact would have been actually very different, I, I would say. Um, the reason this film has come off in, in this way and we really like it is because it's um definitely a comic book spider-man film it is basically spider-man love letter if you love spider-man if you like everything that's gone on in the recent eight years with the introduction of all the new spider-man with the multiple spider-verse comic stories that have happened the ultimate spider-man line which introduced miles morales um before he was introduced into the main marvel timeline because they didn't want to put him right away into the main marvel's um storyline so they actually had him in the ultimate spider-man and i think that, that's not actually what happened i think with the really with the ultimate universe the reason that was created was they they actually redid all of the origin stories of their main superheroes because uh, a lot of the original stories they were very um mm. magic in in how these characters got their powers and stuff and in the yeah. ultimate universe they wanted to reimagine their origins with more of what we know about today, society and science and all that kind of stuff. There's still a little bit of magic involved because it is a comic book at the end of the day, but it that was kind of the reasoning behind it. It was supposed to be more grounded in everything we know in today. Um, and the Ultimate Universe, um, it, it was pretty big. It was it first started off by Brian Michael Bendis, who's one of the big um, comic book writers, and he, mm -hmm. he's the one that was actually created Miles as well as many of these other um, characters in the Ultimate Universe. Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily started as a let's test out these other characters before we put them into the main universe. It was it was the main universe just reimagined. 
Does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, I wasn't suggesting that the the whole point of the Ultimate Universe of Marvel was just to test out new characters. Sorry, if I was if I was saying that in a way that came off as if that was the entire purpose, definitely not. Um, it's more so. I was thinking that they would test out or go down more riskier routes with the Ultimate Universe because let's say the um introducing a Black Spider Man and taking over actual Spider-Man is something that is pretty risky. And yeah. although Ultimate Spider-Man, um, Ultimate Spider-Man and the Ultimate Universe has many, many fans, um, I feel like Marvel did rely on that at first to say, well, it's only in the Ultimate Universe. It's not in, in our the Spider-Man. Yeah. In that so, sense, right, because um, there is no way without the Ultimate Universe that um, the fans would have been happy with Peter Parker dying in in the regular Marvel universe. Not having a Peter Parker, I don't think would have worked. Yeah. And having this separate timeline of the ultimate universe allowed them to do that and and to introduce this character. So yeah, you're, you're right in that respect. I feel like in a lot of the um, choices the ultimate, um, the ultimate universe made actually was always in a way that was more realistic, but also more risky. Always just pushing, I want to say what you could, um, the actual Marvel comics universe is um not risky because it actually does it takes many risks but definitely when it comes to rubbing the fans the wrong way i'd say the ultimate universe has done more things in the past that especially with this with um the introduction of miles morales um being one of them uh to go back to the original point if they were to have a film that was just miles morales do you guys believe the film have done better or worse because if it was just about Miles, maybe it would be a more Black-centric film. Or if it was just about even Gwen, it would be a women film. But because they've had it have so many Spider-Man characters in there, maybe it's just a love letter. What do you What do you think? Did mm, that love letter? <laughs> I, I I think it's um, if it was just Miles Morales and this was going to be his his first introduction in the film world, uh, I don't think it would have been as successful. Because there's mm. been so many Spider-Man movies, and now mm. he's in the, the MCU as well. And then if we just had a new film where it was just one Spider-Man, but this time he was, you know, mixed race, I I don't think it would have had the same impact. This yeah, has a yeah. very different route to differentiate it from all the other Spider-Man films. I guess they would have needed more than the father-son relationship in that yeah. story. They would need much more to the narrative. And mm -hmm. I definitely, I definitely, for me, I see that um, this this film was really all about celebrating, you know, comic book history to now and looking to the future and what it might be. Um, although in terms of the future and what it might be, um, I think there are probably still a lot more question marks when it comes to representation, really, because um, I'm not sure whether we even saw any signs of how they might address um, more non-binary gender representation, for example, or if there is room, like we're talking about now, for um, a Spider-Man character who mm. is, you know, a completely a minority race who holds the stage. Um, but I think hopefully things will move in that direction in the future and um, we will see more representation. But I do think people need to be braver about electing films with that content and that kind of representation and being punchier about it rather than having to not necessarily dilute it, but find another compelling reason to do it. You know, for example, like with this film, the other 
characters and things. So I think we've got some way to go. I agree. I also think that part of the transition towards more inclusivity and away from the tokenism. So Peter Ramsey was one of the directors involved on this amazing film. So I think more representation in the creators and the people that are involved, um, the artists, is another way to have them bring their voice to characters, to stories, to how casting is done and the voice choices as well. I think that is something that, for me, I am not too familiar with this area, um, comic book and Marvel and such, but it does feel like that we're starting to see a more prominent face of different cultures sitting at the leading edge of these conversations and alongside the trailblazing of the art and the craft of doing this animated feature, we're also seeing these people rise up in prominence. So they're the the front face of the conversation. So people start to learn and see different people who are involved in creating these amazing pieces of art. And I do think that this is a work of art in itself and the techniques and the styles that have been adopted I know a few people have been mentioning the different styles that have existed in this whole piece. I'd love to hear what thoughts people have on comic book style versus the generations of styles that have happened and what we see as a future potential. I know there's some ideas as to where animation may move off the back of this or maybe it won't move in this direction or maybe both will exist at once. What do people think about that? So every star will oh, yeah, definitely. Star. Whichever suits the um the story that you're trying to tell, I think is the art style you go with rather than saying this is the future of all animation from now on. I I, I definitely think Sony will because um Sony will do more experimental crazy films like this because they've been doing it for a while. Um Pixar they have this thing with at least Pixar and the other animation houses where they all have something they don't stick to religiously, but they at least um kind of point in that direction. Pixar has this clean style that they've had for years where they're just trying to push maybe one field of um 3D animation that hasn't or one area of 3D animation that hasn't really um properly been uh done in film yet or shown film i think in monsters inc they had um it was all about the fur in that film they had a a huge amount of fur on on sully in that film and then there was a i think the incredibles it was to do with uh effects so water effects hair explosions i know that was one thing that they that was a kind of a few things they concentrated on with uh, incredibles incredibles because they, they, they had so many different sets in that film. I think that was more than any other film had done beforehand in mm-hmm. CG. And it was just amazing, all of these different environments. And like you say, with the, the water effects and, and everything in that jungle sequence, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And I think yeah. Uh, my thought is just kind of looking into the future of how, um, you know, stories like these are told away from, you know, the animation side. I think it's also just kind of reappraising um more complex dynamic 
non-linear storytelling methods. You know, we've got like, um, you know, the way uh, Charlie Brooker approached the, is it Bandersnatch uh, film? Yeah. Making that suddenly very interactive with your audience. How do you mm. kind of, uh, you know, create something that really, really engages people in a very different way? How do you move it off um, the big screen onto online as well in a way that people can um, basically create the story? And, you know, I think so. I think there's going to be a lot of innovation and, and, and scope to make some really, really, really interesting stuff um, in, in that sense. And I think that's going to be super interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think mm. it's down to the studios to really have um, to have the backs of the artists and to really kind of push them to to do something outside of the box because so many studios often just do the same thing because it's safe and it they know it can make the money back, um, which is why something like Venom, which is I mean, it's it's a film, <laughs> um, and uh, and so you know, people have said, oh, it's not that great, but it made them a lot of money, and that's kind of what uh, I mean. Unfortunately, the same company, Sony, um, is looking at for how do we make a sequel out of this? How do we make this into a new universe? How do we get Spider-Man into mm-hmm. it? It's all these things kind of come to it instead of saying, hey, what do our artists want to do? What do our artists think really catches an audience um, eye? Because that's probably what they've been doing for years, uh, trying to get the attention of other people to say, hey, look at my work. What do you think of it? And critique it. Please look at it. Tell me what's good. Tell me what's bad. So it, it's really down to the studios to have faith in the artists to come up with something good, either directors or the writers. If they can think slightly differently from what the status quo is, then that's always going to lead to a progression. And yeah, I think that's I, always going to be a good thing. Yeah, I really agree. Definitely. I'm totally agree with that the i i have yet to watch the um snatch on netflix though um but i have played many um games i guess kind of inspired um in from that because there's many games that you can play that are click adventures where it's a story you just click on one area and and it changes the storyline and i feel like if they were to basically combine these two worlds into into experiences for films um it would be very interesting but it's interesting you say the bandersnatch because the innovation there it was wasn't just because it was different it was more so i think i feel like that was done because of piracy because netflix (laughs) netflix is um basically the pirate the Black is just a free fall for pirates because it comes straight onto a computer screen or or anything. And as soon as it's not in the cinema, anyone can get the file. And that's one way of um, I guess, stopping people from easily just watching the film on any other website. I think that was uh, a big no? thing for um 3D yeah. as well, because it's harder to pirate. So that's why so many studios started releasing 3D films instead of just the 2D ones. Oh, I never thought of it that way. That is actually, that is amazing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I think it just needs more kind of thinking outside of the box. And like you were talking about before, just collaborating, um, you know, giving um, artists the chance to kind of really do things in different fresh ways. Those studios having the, you know, giving them that autonomy and just um, really just thinking outside the box, problem solving in new ways. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think then there's like massive scope for a lot of freshness. Mm. 
I think Bandersnatch definitely to me showed the future of where things are going, um, mm. especially when you start to consider AR and VR technology coming into it. I mean, the way we consume stories and media is changing. I mean, you, you look at games nowadays, um, things like The Last of Us, which is such a, a cinematic game. And then you watch, you know, Bandersnatch, which is such an interactive movie that it feels like both genres are kind of merging into one where movies are becoming more interactive and games are becoming more uh, cinematic. Mm -hmm. And it's going to get to the point, I guess, where we, we watch something in, in VR and the directions that we point our heads and the way we look will change the way that the story comes across to us. So we yeah. might be able to watch the same movie over and over and, and get a completely different outcome each time. Which is super mm. exciting, definitely. Okay. Um, do we think that if it wasn't for Black Panther, that Spider-Verse probably would have had a different outlook or maybe response? Because I feel like they even there was a little um, insight to when Miles Morales was standing on the edge of the tower, there's like a lion head. And I think that was referring to Black Panther. So like maybe like as a thanks or something. So what's your thoughts on that? I don't. Because I think that film was in production before Black Panther came out. Was it? Yeah. yeah. It was already planned, so maybe they might have thrown in a little kind of gesture towards it, but I don't think it affected the film coming out or how it was going to be made. I mean, I just in, it... in terms of, like, if Black Panther wasn't out beforehand, I like, would have gotten the same response. I feel like the reception is definitely different. If Black Panther actually wasn't, around maybe this film would have had a larger buzz because well, prior to Black Panther, I think anytime we had any black heroes, even if there were minor roles, they were given, I think we had a little bit more of a ripple effect, at least. I know this is an animation, but um, even when we had a war machine in Iron Man and then we had a Falcon. I think, um, I think personally, I do agree with Essan. I think, um, Black Panther did have some sort of role to play in how well this movie is done, at least within the black community. Um, just because, you know, Black Panther was kind of more live action and a lot of people have been clamoring to see more representation in live action. So I feel like Black Panther did set the pace, arguably, in a way. Yeah, that's what I'm more feeling because to me, this film seems very in tune with its characters. There's something we haven't actually touched on is the relationship between the uncle, which is something yeah, that... that's Yeah, that's something I, I... That was really powerful, I think. Yeah, yeah, that, that is something very important, actually, mm -hmm. for the community in general, just everyone to understand when it comes to the characters. That relationship there is very interesting. Um, I think they were very different films. Yeah. I don't think they... Um, one led into the other. I think they... Like Black Panther is very much focused on his race and where he was from and his mm -hmm. culture and mm -hmm. history. And yeah. this one, even though it was there, it wasn't the main thing. Mm -hmm. so I, yeah, I, which I, I did like that actually. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't sort of shoved in your face, kind of. Yeah, and like, because like of that, I don't think a Black Panther really affected how this one was viewed or how many people necessarily went to see it. Ironically enough. Um, um, when you watch the film, you never hear him refer to himself as, you know, black or um, of mixed heritage. He always says he's a New Yorker. He's from Brooklyn. He always states like 
his hometown, almost like where he's from, almost a bit like Black Panther. I'm a Wakandan, um, but I think that was like more of a more of a defining point. It's like the person who I am is not my race. It's where I grew up, who my friends were, what school I used to go to, and now the fact that he had to move to a different school. So it's all these things I think were more of a, a contribution to his character rather than just hey, I'm black. Uh, and I'm also a superhero kind of thing. I think that made him much more multifaceted than uh, just a singular, hey, I'm black and this is mostly what I stand for. Yeah, totally agree. And also Miles, and because he is the main character out of the main characters, um, I'd say that they've done pretty well to um, really flesh him out and show what he's about whilst also having so many other things going on in the film um if they went down a more streamlined route with just now i think the fatigue of having so many intros of heroes may have not been great force or animated film but who knows i feel like because this film was animated going on something more safe of just uh well it depends what you do in your origin story but usually origin stories tend to be safer um, even though this is an origin story, but a strict origin story um, usually is safer. So with an animated film, something this elaborate and crazy, it was a great um, opportunity to have so much happening because they can do anything in animation. So, yeah. I mean, can I, can I backtrack a little bit, actually, um, to, to the kind of writing style of the production? You know, so you know how they brought in um, Dan Hartman uh, just later on down the line? you know, and writing in really complex multiverse, um, interdimensional, cross-time, mind-boggling kind of um, timelines. And I think he's done really well in this as well. Mm. Oh, I think um, that and having Phil Lord and Chris Miller involved as well, who mm. were responsible for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and yeah. 21 Jump Street and, you know, the Lego movie and stuff. They have a, a very distinct... Uh, humor in the way that they write and direct and produce films and that kind of came across a lot here there was so many really good comedic moments um, I love the mm -hmm. bit like he's he first wants to test his powers and he, he goes up to the tallest building up all the stairs and he's about to run and jump and he's psyching himself up psyching himself up and then there's so much kind of uh, anticipation and then it cuts to him running down the stairs and finding like a, a smaller building. It was just yeah. it was like parts oh, like that that had me actually laughing out loud. I think that there's yeah. still aspects of this film we haven't actually spoken about, like the the humor, you know, the relationship with the uncle, the um, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I also well. agree that there are so many layers to the story, the creepiness of the character whose name I always forget, the uncle Prowler. Yeah, Prowler. Prowler's menacing. I don't know how to describe it. His his soundscape every time he became oh, Prowler so and he was on the hunt was just nauseating for me. The choice of notes was just perfect, perfect to make me feel like I was getting hairs on the back of my neck, fear from what was about to happen to anyone that crossed his path did anyone else notice the how the sound really captured emotions and heightened emotions mm. it definitely yeah, helped completely. to like accentuate the fear factor every time he was on screen 
And again, I felt like the sound was designed to be so that you're always in Miles's head. And it was it was done in a way to kind of influence your emotions. So you kind of feel like how he's feeling in the film. Mm. And that happened a lot when Paolo, like you say, when Paolo was on screen and you can see that Mars is scared, but then the, the music changes and then your heart starts beating faster. And it was it was really done well. Yeah. The Paolo Ram scenes was probably the strongest action scene for me when it came to like how emotionally invested I was every time they were both in because how um Paolo would move and Spider-Man would have to react and the way the the sound would go, his cue, his cue, it was almost like, I feel like if it was a series where they were going to be able to bring him back, it would have been fun to have that also play itself out because of how strong that sound was. You couldn't argue against it. When Paolo was on the scene, he completely took over everything. I think there was um a time when all the superheroes were fighting at the time, all the Spider-Men were fighting, but then Prowler came in and then the whole music changed then, even though everyone was having their own issues. Then Prowler came, it was like, oh no, that's a problem. And then I think Miles ran out and that's just um, more proof to the film being from Miles' perspective. I think that was that was a section at Aunt May's house where they yeah. completely destroy it, and he finds <laughs> out that it's you know his his nephew is uh, is this new Spider Man. That was quite yeah. a powerful moment because the whole time, again, just like the father, they're building up this relationship with the uncle and Miles, and and for Miles, it was like always this person that he looked up to his entire yeah. life. And, then, and yeah. every time he had issues at home or issues at school, he'd go to his uncles yeah, for reassurance yeah. and help. Yeah, and he, I think he kind of saw him more as like a the older brother figure that he kind mm-hmm. of wanted. He always tried to emulate him and be like him, and he was showing him how to like uh, do the graffiti on the walls yeah. and showing him these cool areas. It was very much a I want to be like you. So it was it was quite a a pivotal moment that first time when you see him go back to his Uncle Aaron's house and then he takes off the Prowler suit. Mm-hmm. That was quite powerful. The, uh, it was very strong, um, especially for people that hadn't seen it as well because in the storylines in the comics, there there is that connection as well. But in the film here, what I really liked was um, even though the uncle was a supportive person and he was doing something basically this evil he definitely made the right choice at the end where a lot of um films usually go down this route i always feel like they always lead more on to the fact that the person is just evil and they've been lying to their family the whole time whereas in this film it really did show you that it was a, a situation shit like this had to happen i was i've been doing this because my life led me here and it would have been nice to have maybe seen a bit more of what it was trying to say with that because it's all well and good for the uncle to be remorseful at the end but prior to that he was very much cutthroat (laughs) it seemed like he had no remorse at all so it would have been nice to have seen more of um that was because there's a, a lot of times we have um characters where they are let's say the brother or the the alternative that isn't like his father. His father's a police officer and his, he's got a brother that's, let's say, the alternative. And 
a lot of the time we have in the stories the alternative portrayed in a similar way like this where they turn out to be the evil person and yeah. he wasn't doing it because he was bad i think you, you're right he did it because of just decisions in his life had led him down this path where he felt like this is what he had to do but there was a lot more depth to him and um it was one thing that's kind of become clear to me actually it's not necessarily a story of the father and the son it's the whole thing is about family like even mm-hmm. when he right at the end he they're building up not the relationship not just the relationship between him and his father but they build up the relationship between him and his uncle and then when his uncle finds out who he is it shows that family is stronger than anything and then whatever he's doing he's not willing to give up on his family for it and then even with all the spider people they're always almost portrayed as a family unit as exactly. well exactly yeah mm-hmm. it's just about family yeah exactly really especially it's like you know you're like me you know that's almost like hey you're you're like you're exactly like family mm. yeah but they're all different but they're all different exactly they're the yeah. Yeah. They're the <laughs> yeah that's that's um yeah such a such a good point actually that's that's a really um just for humanity as a whole <laughs> yeah exactly for uh... <laughs> and the humanizing of the the spider man slash superhero it was always about anybody could be behind the mask and whilst they're mm-hmm. portraying the representation of anybody, it's also placing it in the idea of it being everybody. Like we all get the struggles of family and family dynamics and what it's like to hustle and grind and love and mm-hmm. laugh and cry. It's it's another way of introducing that Spider-Man is is the everyday person. They weren't carved from a meteor, from some rock out in outer <laughs> space. They were created from us here Absolutely. on Earth. And that the flaws are fine, the kind of mistakes you make in life are fine. Like, yeah, exactly. definitely, definitely yeah. So, 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 so true. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, yeah. I think maybe that point kind of really... Um, uh, I guess like it ex- accentuates itself when uh, the uh, Spider-Man of Miles's universe actually dies, when they have that kind of visual for him, everyone's got the Spider-Man mask on. And then Mary Jane says, you know, the most important thing is everyone's Spider-Man. New York was mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Um, and, uh, and kind of like, that was the kind of message that he was trying to get across is that even if you didn't have powers, you know, you, the spirit of Spider-Man is getting knocked down and ke- getting back up again. So everyone has that in them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, what I really liked as well, leading back into the family idea, is that when they had the two Spider-Men meet or any Spider-Man meet, they had this thing which reminds me of when I, at least a personal story for me, when I um one day met like a cousin that I hadn't ever met before. And even though I was my cousin, I was in... um a shop and we equate in West End and I was speaking to uh, someone working there. I'm in in Primark and I was asking him about his name because he he just looked weird. And then he said his last name and I said, oh, so you related to this person? And then it's like, yeah. I said, oh, so you're my cousin. And then we had the same like look and feel as to say like, oh, we're both related Mm. from the same thing. When you meet somebody that you didn't know you're as close to or as related to, or if you realize that you're both going through the same thing, there is always that time when you both look at each other and go, okay, then we are more similar 
you, what you there was definitely it, a moment of, of kinship i think yeah when they did realize they were from like the same place this they had the same thing with the spider biting them and getting the powers and thinking mm. they were the only one and they actually speak about that in the film don't they where they're like oh i thought i was the only one yeah again. i thought i was the only one until i met you and <laughs> yeah can I say though, like how how good was uh, Nicolas Cage's character? Remember, he remember... was so good. <laughs> he was perfect in that role. Yeah, I don't yeah, think was... I can. I, I don't think I can imagine call. anyone else in that position anymore. Did he remind yeah. anyone else of his character in um, Kickass? Though he was very much Big Daddy. Yeah, he got his lingo down as well. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. Mm. Sorry, I just remembered about the Rubik's Cube that he was obsessed with. Yes, exactly, off. the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> it was so, good. It was so, so good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was cast so well. Yeah, I think uh, Mahershala Ali was amazing as the uh, uncle. He was the uncle, right, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 I didn't realise that um, Mary Jane was supposed to be Zoe Kravitz. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. I know that either. We can't um, forget Shamit Moore, who did. Um, I might be saying this thing well wrong, but um, that did Miles Morales's voice. I did believe Miles. I never doubted anything that was going on for him. So he did, yeah. Yeah, he did amazingly, definitely. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. A really, really good job. Yeah, really believable. It really yeah, um, the um the the teenage mindset. I think. Mm-hmm. Just the whole kind of in the room when he's he's playing around with his pen and he's got his headphones on and he's humming around and stuff. I was kind of like, I remember doing that. And the, the way his his voice portrayed it, I think he was, yeah, he was definitely really, really well cast. Mm. I think that along with the writing as well, I think the writing really lends itself, um, I think, to just to the vocal talent as well. Um, most of the screenplay, uh, yeah, you can kind of see what they're going for. And you can see where the actors actually improvise a little bit and maybe they were kind of directed a little bit differently, but it's mm. interesting to see the screenplay to actual live film um, and the differences and see uh, what, I guess, creative and stylistic choices they've made there as well on the on the vocal side of things. Mm. One thing I was surprised at was them casting two different actors to do both Peter Parker's like Peter B. Parker and oh, the regular. Yeah. So they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when you think of Chris Pine, you do not think of Peter B. Parker like this Spider-Man. Chris Pine is definitely a visceral image in your mind. I suspect yeah. that's where that came from. And I don't know the name of the guy that did Peter B. Parker, but apparently they Jake said Johnson. He, Jake Johnson. Yeah. He really brought to life that idea of the lost soul of something that could have been and being at the yeah. precipice of yeah. wanting to give it all up and then Miles comes along and turns it all around, even yeah. not to delve too much into this relationship. But I think there was a relationship between him and Miles Morales, like the mentor, mentee, almost pseudo father, son, but they yeah. all helped each other. In that role, it was very much like the power dynamic was equal. Miles had this ability to really overcome his challenges and prove that life is about taking mm. everything that you've got and punching through whereas Peter B. Parker was like I got all this thing and I gave it all up so I'm not going to bother and he trans Miles translated that to him and he then became more optimistic about what was possible for him and where he was willing to say I'll die for everyone you go back to your own 
um, different Spider-Verses, Miles is like, no, you have a mission still to complete and you need to go back and, and right the wrongs yeah. that you feel you had done. And that's what Miles gave to him and vice versa. He was supposed yeah. to train Miles. And I think that's why he was the Spider-Man to train Miles because I think Chris Pine, Peter Parker would have just been like, hey, this is a great life. And he wouldn't have taught mm. Miles the, the courage and the loss of being a superhero and it, the magnitude of what's involved with, I guess, in the same way as the Peter B. Parker character. Mm. I think Peter Parker was definitely still in his prime. I, I don't think he would have involved Miles. He would have kept him out um, and tried to save everyone on his own. Um, whereas with Peter B. Parker, it very much felt like he's a character that's already lost everything. And that's why he was willing to kind of die and let the others go home because like, well, I've got nothing left. It might as well be me that dies. And and you're right, it was very much that I think um, Miles by the end gave him a new mission statement in life, that he still had a place in his world, that he still had something to do and it wasn't all over and he could fix things still. Mm-hmm. He re- it, it was really for him that he thought he didn't like children and he didn't like kids. And but then once he taught Miles and was with Miles, he realized that he really appreciated and really enjoyed watching Miles grow. It, he even said it up in the film where he said, "Um, huh, kids actually." He actually thought to himself in the moment, "I don't know where the line is. I have to look through the script." But he talks about how him and MJ in his world wanted um she wanted kids and he didn't. So. I'm not sure if he necessarily didn't want kids. I think he was scared about bringing in mm-hmm. kids into this world that he thought was so dangerous and scary. And he was like, it's someone else to protect. And I'm already struggling to protect the people that are in my life now. Yeah. Everyone enjoyed Spider-Verse here, right? Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. Best 2018 film. I can't wait to see the sequel. That was alluded. I can say I loved it and I really enjoyed talking through it with everyone. It was really cool. Yeah, it was quite cool to see what other people got from it because I didn't watch it at the same time as as you guys. So um, I'm glad that a lot of the things that I saw, you also picked up on. It meant I was watching it in the right way, I guess. I, I think the film represents so many different things, family, uh, emotions, positive message, uh, animation, everything just was so put well together. So I think I absolutely loved the film and I will watch it again. With my son, yay. yay. Yeah, yeah. That was Culture and a Craft on Spider-Verse. Um, thank you everyone for listening in to us. Thank you for listening. This is goodbye. So Bye. 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 Got a question? Have an idea you'd like us to discuss? Or someone you'd like us to interview? Or maybe you just want to say hi. We're on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram at CultureXCraft. That's C-U-L-T-U-R-E-X-C-R-A-F-T. And let's connect. You've subscribed, right? Great. You'll be the first to get updates from us. Like the show and leave a comment too. We want to hear from you. If you haven't done any of these things, then do it right now. It will take a moment and you'll help us make creative spaces diverse places. Ironically enough, um, Miles always, funny enough, he would never talk about his...
Hello? Hello? I think you're going to repeat, I think gonna have to repeat that one. Kenny, are you still there? Oh, no. Oh, no. Right, it was a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he can join us back to finish that ground. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, hold on, hold on. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.